Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. He is in Pennsylvania. I'm in the state of South Dakota. And you are with us now in the year 2023. Welcome to... 2023 is our first episode of the year. We're very, very excited to get started today. And of course, it's Monday, so it's our current events episode. So we've got a ton of stuff to talk about when we don't talk to you, our audience, for two weeks. Uh, you know we're going to have a lot to say. Uh, but if you would like to gain access to all of our previous content, first of all, please subscribe. If this is YouTube, if this is Rumble, if this is wherever, Gab TV, please subscribe so you get notified of future episodes. But we have a whole bunch of older content that is still very relevant today on our channels. And if you'd like to find us on pro-First Amendment platforms that don't censor us um, and actually care about free speech, uh, we're looking at UGAB, UGAB TV, and Rubble, um, as opposed to YouTube, who uh, we were not allowed to upload videos for our last week in 2022 because YouTube banned uh, tons of our content, censored us significantly, and gave us multiple community strikes to the point uh, where we couldn't actually upload content. So if you'd like to get around all of that, we'd highly recommend you check out our website, which is trdshow.net, and we have a list of links to all the many platforms we're on. You can follow us on Pro First Amendment platforms like Gab, Gab TV, Getter, and Rumble. So please subscribe and follow us on those places. But then you can also follow us on places that hate free speech, you know, because some people don't like to take the time to sign up for Pro Free Pro First Amendment platforms, even though it takes like two seconds. Uh, but yes, we are on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. So if you like communism, you can go there as well. So we've got all of your favorites available. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com is where you can send those. We've gotten some amazing emails from people over the past few months, and we've just really appreciated that. So keep them coming, everybody. And if you don't want to send us an email, you can just, you know, you can do it through our website. Um, which is trdshow.net. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and we got a nice little form for you to fill out in there. We couldn't make this any simpler, guys. We just want messages from our audience. Send us new content, maybe news articles, maybe ideas for future episodes, questions, words of encouragement, all sorts of stuff. Uh, there's basically no reason to not send us a message unless it's, you know, some sort of scam. Uh, also, sign up for our newsletter, because this year we have got a lot to talk about. There's so much to get through, and the newsletter is a great way to get caught up on everything you missed in throughout the week. Um, we send them out, try to send them out three times a week. Sometimes we send out a big one with a collection of episodes, regardless of how we ship it out and what's in it. You're going to want to have access to that, so go to our website, trdshow.net. And you can go to trdshow.net slash newsletter. The link is up on screen and sign up for our newsletter that way. So today's current events Monday. We've got a ton of stuff to go through. We're going to be talking about what happened with Kevin McCarthy. And by we, I mean Jacob, because he is our resident political expert of sorts. And uh, he's just, he's got a ton of stuff to talk about. Our research team went into overdrive this week and just, just a ton of stuff because there's so much happening on that front that we really want to address and look at from a, a biblical perspective. And then, Jacob also has a little bit of a sneak preview, a little, little uh, uh, totally different topic, but actually not many people are talking about it from this perspective. So we want to bring that up as well, which we're going to talk about at the uh, nearer the end of the episode. So we've got a lot to jam into one show. Before we get into all of that, um, we want to lay out what we do 
every episode, and if this is the first time you're listening to us, we do this in every episode for a reason. We have a verse of the week. So we have three episodes a week. Monday's current events, Wednesday's literature, piece of principled literature from a biblical perspective. And Friday is a discussion topic of sorts that comes from emails from you, or we have a whole huge list of discussion topics that, uh, that we come up with that we think need addressing. So we talk about those. Um, in all of those episodes, we start off the episode, we kick it off with a verse of the week, because we believe it's really important that we're grounding what we're talking about in the Word of God. And so one of the best ways to do that is to have one verse that we um, subsequently study and, and, and really draw out a lot of the applicable features of that verse um, into what we're talking about in the episode. So um, so this week, we have a brand new verse to kick off the year with, and our verse this week is Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. Um, and those, those verses say, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and makes us a kingdom, I'm sorry, and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And again, that's Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. So there is so much in this verse. I mean, I don't think we've ever had a verse in this show where there's not a lot. So uh, again, if this is your first time listening, there's no way. We want to just do this in just a few short minutes, so there's always more that could be said about these verses. But I do want to draw out some of the highlights. Um, most of it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's pretty familiar to a lot of us. Um, faithful witness, firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth. Hopefully that language of ruler of kings on earth is very familiar to you if you've read any of the Psalms. Hopefully you understand that Christ is king here on earth, that earthly things matter, and we should be working for his dominion, his kingship, his kingdom here on earth. That's very obvious. To him who loves us, freed us from our sins by his blood. And what's fascinating that I really want to draw out here is this, this first part, this, well, actually, this, this middle section here. To him who loves us, has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom. Notice, what is it that freeing us from our sins by his blood, which is the foundation, what does that do? What does that enable us, then, to do? You know, so often, even jellyfish churches focus just on that first part. Freed us from our blood, or, or freed us from our sins by his blood. And yes, that's vitally important. You cannot be a Christian without that first being true. You cannot be a Christian without a foundation and your salvation. However, being a Christian is not just saying your sins are covered by Christ. It also means I live differently. What I do in my life is different. The goal that I'm working towards is different. And we see that here. So we're freed from our sins by his blood and made a kingdom. We're put into a kingdom. Priests were priests to God, the Father, and to, to God, the Father, we are calling for glory and dominion forever and ever. So two quick things I'll say before I'll hand it over to Jake to talk about our current events. One is this uh, priests, right? This whole kingdom of priests idea. And the exact phrase is a phrase in Exodus 19, verse 6, that says, you shall be a kingdom of priests. And, and it's God's promise to Israel that if they keep his covenant that he set with them, they will be a kingdom of priests. And there's so much more in that passage. I encourage you, check out Exodus 19, verse 6, and 
Exodus 19 itself, the whole chapter. is a great chapter to study more in depth. Um, but then, in addition to that, check out other, there's a ton of other passages that talk about a royal priesthood, which is what this verse in Revelation is referring to. So check out Isaiah 61, verse 6. Revelation 5.10 is, is another good one. And then Peter, in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 5 through 9, really fleshes that out, um, where he talks about a royal priesthood and what that actually means to us today, since the church called out once, we are the continuation of Israel, and we are a royal priesthood, just like is, is stated here in Revelation. So check, check out those verses. But, but then also, um, the inheritance of a kingdom. And this is what I'll end with before I pass it over to Jake. And we're going to talk a lot more about this on our Friday episode. We've got two very special guests who are going to be joining us on Friday, and I can't wait. You do not want to miss this episode. Um, we're going to be talking about kingdom-oriented evangelism, and it, and it starts with understanding that we've inherited the kingdom of God. So I'll give you just a few quick verses, and then I'll pass it to Jake. Look up um, Matthew 25, 34, Daniel 7, verse 18, and Romans 1, 5 are all really good verses for studying the inheritance of the kingdom, the responsibility that we've been given from Christ, and what that means when here in Revelation it says, we've been made a kingdom, and we've been given a kingdom. And we've been given authority and dominion in that kingdom. And all those verses talk more about that. Whew, okay. There's so much there, and I barely scratched the surface, but I can't say anymore because we're out of time. Jake, take it away, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, so... Amazing monologue on on that verse, and actually, as as I was thinking about um, about that verse, trying to think about what what I'm going to speak on on Wednesday, um, and that's literally what I wanted to bring up is that talking specifically about that foundation that we have that the reason <clears throat> because we say the the point of this life is to bring about God's kingdom. We say that 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 God has a has a plan for us to go and bring forth his kingdom. So it almost seems like, and I, I think a, a common argument against that, that whole point is that, well, but the most important thing is, is the gospel. And, you know, first of all, what we say is, yeah, but you're talking about a limited gospel. gospel. And we've talked about that before, but, um, but I think most importantly here is to understand that, that yes, Christ dying on the cross uh, to to take away our sins is the foundation. So yes, it is vitally important. Without this foundation, we wouldn't be able to go forth and bring about his kingdom. But it's because of that foundation that then we can go and bring about the kingdom. Um, so without that foundation, it, it, it wouldn't be possible. And I, I think what a verse that aptly fits there is our, our good deeds are as filthy rags, right? So... Mm before Christ dying on the cross, before he almost became the, the, when Christ became the mediator, stopping our filthy works from going, coming to God, Christ stops, cleans it, and then gives it to God. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. it's almost as if like, we're going through a refining, refining fire, you know, things are being refined so that when it gets to God, it's like, oh, this, this is nice. This you know, is acceptable. Yeah. So, but yeah. There, there's my little brief whatever on that. But um, <laughs> but I wanted to getting into current events. I don't have a good segue for this, so I'm just going to go <laughs> right in. Um, but uh, like Bruce mentioned, that we're going to be talking about uh, Kevin McCarthy and the whole Speaker of the House debate. 
that is gone on for a long time. And I will talk about how long it actually has gone on. But um, my, my first article, um, again, if you're new to the show, all of our articles are in the description. So please go ahead, go ahead and look at those because obviously there are, there are things that I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about the whole article, especially when I have like five different articles that I'm talking on. But um, <clears throat> this first article, the headline is, if you want to find this one, um, the headline says, House adjourns as McCarthy and opponents struggle toward deal for Speaker. Um, and that's talking about the Speaker of the House. And so since the midterm elections, let me just set up a little bit of facts and points. Since the midterm elections, I've given the Republican Party a majority in the House. Um, a new Speaker of the House has to be decided, um, specifically a, a Republican Speaker, because the Republican Party has the majority. Um, Kevin McCarthy has been nominated to be the next Speaker next speaker because of uh, popularity. I think there is a reason he's the one that's chosen. I don't know if he was specifically nominated or he might've been, I, I might have a little bit that off on that, but um, I think he was nominated. Yeah. 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 But um, there was, the, well, there were, two, I think there were two nominated and he was one. The other one I think was, I think was better. And he was the one that Chip Roy and others were, were voting for originally, but yeah, the majority of people voted for McCarthy as opposed to the other guy. So, yeah. But, um, you know, him being nominated and everything, he still needs to receive 218 votes, right, in the House in order to get it. Now, during the first round of votes, yes, this went through multiple rounds of voting, but during the first round of votes, um, McCarthy only got 188 votes. And so he needed 30 more people. He needed to convince 30 more people before he could actually become speaker. Um, and closer to the end, it got down to 21 conservative representatives that were holding out and trying to stop McCarthy from getting in or, or making sure that he was strong on certain issues, certain, certain things. Um, there were, now, let me just say, there were 15 rounds of voting. 15. That is a lot. And I will talk about how much that actually is compared to other times this has happened. But, um, but these, I want to quickly talk about why these Republicans were holding out and what they were holding out for. Uh, these 21 Republicans asked for issues to be brought up by McCarthy so the House could vote for them. So the important part of the Speaker of the House is to bring a, a problem to the table so that the whole House can vote on it. Um, and so that's why this is important, especially with the House having the majority. They want to make sure that they can vote well on certain issues. So they know they want to make sure that certain problems come to the table so that they fur so that they can then vote on them because if they're not even brought to the table they can't vote on them mm -hmm. so McCarthy has to bring them to the table that's why McCarthy is important 
or at least Speaker of the House. The position is important. But the different issues that they were holding out on and waiting for was, first of all, less government spending, um, especially with what just happened with the omnibus bill. It, it is crazy in the amount of spending that they have. And especially, like, if you look at what they actually spended stuff on in that omnibus bill, the omnibus bill was kind of stupid. <laughs> it was like, there, all the stuff in it is, why are we putting money to that? What was it? There was one of them that was, we're sending $3 million to go towards, uh, um, was Michelle like Obama frogs? trail. Oh, that too. It's also like frogs in the Amazon. Where this? Yeah, this exactly. Of, yeah, <laughs> we're researching. But yeah, first of all, government spending—they want to stop that. That right, rightfully so. The the second issue is term limits on the Speaker of the House. They want to start regulating the Speaker of the House, and and generally they want <laughs> so they want to put in a guy who will actually care. To have yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, they want to put term limits on the Speaker of the House. And generally, the, the one article that I'm pulling this from said they generally want less power for the Speaker of the House and more uh, power for the House itself, for the House candidates. So that the people in the people voting actually have more power than the Speaker of the House does. Um, but last thing is also to have more representation in certain committees. Now, you may want to look up as to what that actually is. I didn't do much research into that specifically. So, but the first two are very, very important, I would say. But um, I know Steve Dace was talking about Chip Roy and how um, how staunch he was in holding out to make sure that the, I don't know exactly which issue he was voting on, or he, sorry, which issue he was looking for McCarthy to go on, but I know he was very staunch in making sure that he got what he asked for, basically. Um, so, something that was interesting said in a talk with Steve Dace is, and something that Steve Dace said in this talk, is that the House is more like a high school popularity contest than representation of the people. And yeah. really, that's what Chip Roy and all these other strong conservatives are trying to get rid of. They want McCarthy to have less power mm -hmm. and to allow the representatives from each state, giving them more power to represent the people. Because right, that's the reason they're there. That's the point. Um, Theoretically. That's what we're told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I represent you, Kietu. Yikers. You do? Okay. <laughs> I'm not like that. <laughs> yeah. um, another point of information before I move on to the, the big issue. Uh, this one, the big issue is very interesting. Uh, especially if you are a history person. Um, but some side information real quick is during the 14th vote, another representative had to be physically restrained because he was trying to attack Matt Gates. 
the one the one conservative representative. Yeah, uh, the the representative who was restrained was a McCarthy supporter, and the article said that he just got so mad at Matt Gates for holding the vote that yeah. he wanted to physically hurt him. Thankfully, the other representatives held him back. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's how well, that's how contentious this issue was. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a quick I have a quick yeah. article that talks about sort of um, sheds a little bit of light on why McCarthy is not great. I don't know if this is a good oh, time yeah, to yeah. reject that. Um, or if we're no, no, yeah, this. this is a perfect time to put that in. Cool. I mean, it it, it just there's, there's a lot more in this article. It's an NPR article. Uh, it'll be linked in the description. Take it with a grain um, of salt. Well, it's a, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, the headline talks about, you know, these 21 House members didn't vote for Kevin McCarthy. Um, here's what they wanted, right? Um, but what I found, you know, reading through it, what I found most, uh, stood out the most, was that early on in the article, NPR hilariously tries to paint McCarthy as the victim in what they were setting up as a as like a hostage negotiation, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. was kind of hilarious. I, I mean, this of course is it's fanciful rhetoric, right? They're just doing it for dramatic effect. It's not obviously it's not you know hostage negotiation, but I, I just thought it was funny that NPR, which is a notoriously not great source of information, um, unbiased information. Um, they're on McCarthy's side, which should automatically set off some warning bells and be like, uh, uh-oh, ding, 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 this is not great. You know, this doesn't uh, bode well for whatever comes next. And, and that was like right at the onset of the article. Um, but it's really, really interesting to see them playing around like that. Um, and just some of the language that they used was very much in favor of him. Um Part of what they said in the article that I, I found really interesting, and Jake, you might get into this when you start talking about like the history of um, this position, but apparently this was the first time in 100 years that they've had to go over one ballot. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I don't think we've stated it yet, they had to get to 15. Um, it took like 15 yeah. ballots to finally... <laughs> um, and I'm... I'm- I'm glad you brought that up because what I'm going to talk about is the historical significance of the last time that that happened. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that'll be really interesting. Um, I do want to really quickly talk about the Liberty score and then throw you into the historical significance of why, uh, just so that you understand like why it took 15 ballots to mm-hmm. get to, for them to actually accept him um, and a ton of negotiation because initially, the way that he started out, so Steve Dace has this great, and we're talking about Steve Dace a lot here. He was on CrossPolitik um, a couple days ago. It was a really good episode. And then um, he, his show is not actually back yet, but he's put out a lot of posts and a lot of information, a link to other sources and stuff. So he's been a really good source of information. So if you're not following Steve Dace already, you should totally check him out. Um, I follow him on Gab. That's how I see a lot of his stuff. But I think he's also on other places like Facebook and, and whatever. But um but anyways, there, he put out a list of all the people that refused to vote for McCarthy. This was kind of early on. I think this was two days ago. This was really before he started making compromises and saying, okay, I'll do what you want me to do if you just vote for me. That's originally, that's what got Chip Roy to switch over, was he had long negotiations with McCarthy, and McCarthy finally said, okay, 
I'll give you what you want if you vote for me. And so Chip Roy said, all right, I'll vote for you. Um, so anyways, McCarthy has a 54 on the Liberty score. If you're not sure what that is, look it up because there's a lot of other resources. I think if you go to Blaze News, I think I've looked it up before. They have an article on that. Um, if you're not sure what it is, send us an email. TRDShowProtonMail.com. We've got resources we can send your way. Basically, it's just a score of like, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's a Liberty score. How well did they do in terms of actual Liberty? Um, I don't, I don't know if you said this, but keep in mind, McCarthy has a 54. Chip Roy has a 100. Yeah. Yeah. I was just getting to that because those numbers are kind of meaningless if you don't understand what it's talking about. But yeah. 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 Yeah, It's just like compared to Chip Roy, McCarthy is miserable on this Liberty score. Um, and really what this score tries to get across is how much do these people care about preserving freedom and liberty? Um, and the values that we hold, not just as Americans, but hopefully hold as Christians, the, the hope is that these liberty, this liberty score is biblically based, although I think it's starting to swerve a little bit from being biblically based, but it's generally fairly solid. Um, I think a large part of this is like big military is one part of the score, which I would disagree with, but... We've talked about that before. Uh, but anyways, Chip Roy is at 100, Andy Biggs, 100, Dan Bishop, a whole bunch. Uh, if you want this list, let me know. Um, Matt Gates is an 84. Uh, everybody is pretty much above an 80. Uh, Mary Miller, Norman, uh, Perry, uh, Rosendale, Chip Roy, 100. We already said I think that. all of the ones on that list are above 80, right? Uh, yeah, everybody on this list is, is above 80. And then McCarthy is a 54, which is a yeah. failing grade. On yeah. that. So anyway, so that sets up kind of why it's important that yeah. why these people were holding off and not voting for him. Um, so moving on to the historical significance, if if you are a history person like I am, we understand you understand, well, I think a lot of people understand the phrase, if you do not study history, you are doomed to repeat it. And as Steve Dace says, history does not just repeat itself, it also rhymes. Yep. Um, when themes start happening, you should notice patterns. There are patterns in history. Now, let me first explain, and let me first say this. Because of the events that took place in the House, we have to ask the question, is there a civil war on the horizon? Ooh. Now, okay. You went there. Yeah. We're talking why do I ask, on but, YouTube now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but why, why do I ask this question? Well, because history repeats itself. The last time the House went to 15 rounds of votes was right before the bloodiest war in history. Wow. In America. In American history. It, the Civil War is was... I don't necessarily know if it was caused by that, but it it definitely reflects it. It definitely shows why the Civil War happened. And really what I'm saying here is our nation is divided. Our nation is split. We can't decide on anything. Um, and I think that's kind of important because now the Christians, now the people representing us as Christians, are still are are strong, are now actually starting to stand up, and that's why we're divided now. Whereas before, it was just you went on with the narrative. Yeah. Um, 
I want to take the last three minutes. I might go over um, because I think this is an important thing to talk about as well. Um, let me just quickly go through the the vaccine and everything because that's what that's what this next topic is talking about. Sorry to immediately switch tracks and probably confuse everybody. You but, run out of um, time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, if you want to stay and listen to this, I, I think it's going to be worth it. Worth a little bit extra time over. But the headline is, Could a chest blow at a precise millisecond in heart's rhythm have caused DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest? Um, and again... This article will be in the description, but let me explain what happened. For for those that don't know, a football player by the name of DeMar Hamlin had suddenly fallen during a game due to cardiac arrest. He just fell over. And I think that what had happened was he was running and he was going to tackle somebody and the person, I think, put their arm up or whatever and had hit uh Demar and had and had they both had fallen over. Now Hamlin had Demar Hamlin had gotten up and then immediately fell down. Okay. When when you wow. look at other times that this has happened, and I want to talk about this that this has happened to several NFL players, several but not just NFL players, but um you probably won't see it as much as in the, in the NFL. I don't know exactly how many times it happens, but in, in pro sports and stuff like this, Sorry. you're seeing this happen oh more often yeah. where players are standing up and then they just fall down. Yeah. And something that the article states is, and okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me um, quickly talk about what the news says that this is. The, the news quickly covered the event, obviously. And assured everyone that this was some freak accident due to a condition that is called commotio cordis, which is Latin for agitation of the heart. Um, the the news did tell people that this is something that rarely ever happens because you would need multiple smaller circumstances to happen for a por- person's heart to go go into cardiac arrest because of commotio cordis. So. Really, what happens with commodio cordis is someone is hit in the right area of their body at the right velocity at the right time where their heart is in a certain rhythm. And they get hit hard enough that it agitates their heart and stops their heart. Again, this is very rare. Very, very rare. Now, notice... When I when I had just said that you need multiple smaller circumstances to happen for a person's heart to go into cardiac arrest. Notice I said person. And here is why their argument breaks down. Commodio cordis is a real thing. It does happen to people. But it happens to people with weaker hearts and weaker chest muscles. Less padding. They're smaller. They're not as fit. But for a fit and strong person like a football player, how could this happen? How could this happen? The most frequent, ha- 
the times commodial cortis happens most frequently is in young males ranging from 10 to 18, mm-hmm. not in 24-year-olds. Wow. By the way, DeMar Hamlin's, Hamlin is 24 years old. Um, wow. Uh, We've got about a minute and a half left, but I'd yeah, love to get me, the opposing perspective on this really quickly. Yeah, let me quickly say what actually did happen. One of the articles state exactly what caused this. The article talks about this play that Hamlin made being very high adrenaline, which does not meld well with experimental vaccines. Uh, Peter McCullough went on on a radio program saying that he has noticed high adrenaline mixes with heart inflammation to cause cardiac arrest. That that's not a direct quote. I don't have a direct quote here. Just by the way, but the COVID vaccine causes the slightest of heart inflammation to the point where you don't even notice it. It's not noticeable, but it is still there. And when you're involved in intense situations where you have a lot of adrenaline, it causes your heart to stop. Mm. Let me also provide this other bit of information. If you weren't convinced that this wasn't commodio cordis before, let me give you this bit of information to just throw you over the edge. Um, when Damar Hamlin fell over, right, they diagnosed it as commodio cordis. They resuscitated him on the field. Later that day, when they were he, when he was in the hospital, they had to resuscitate him again because his heart stopped again. Um, Peter McCullough goes on to say that that could have never have happened if this was commodio cordis. Because think about it. What does commodio cordis do? It agitates the heart so that you it's out of rhythm and it stops. When you bring it back into rhythm, why would it stop again? Yeah. When it is back on its rhythm and it is working again, yep. why would it stop again? Yeah. Um, Something to think about. Food, yeah. Food, One last final all... thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, Bruce, to cut you off. Um, but one last final thing is the definition of death, right? I think this is vitally important to a lot of people, and I don't understand the definition. Because so many people have said, oh, Damar Hamlin died on the field. And then he was brought back to life. <laughs> what are the implications of that? Of that? Think of the implications of that. But let me give you the, the current definition of death. And this is a Google search definition. And this definition is the act of dying dying, or termination of life. And I agree with this. What does termination of life mean? It means they are dead. It means they're gone. They can't be brought back. Yep. Right? But they keep saying that it was brought back to life. And they've said this for a lot of different things. When someone overdoses, they are brought back to life. That's not what happens. They are not dead. Yeah. So... A lot of so different stuff going on. Sorry for this episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Jake, thanks so much for all the in-depth research you did into that. Thanks to our research team for putting all that together as well. And all of those resources will be available in the description of this episode, so definitely check those out. Thank you all so, so much for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget, like this video. Please subscribe. It really, really helps our numbers. We're not just saying that. We really need it. Um, check out our show website, trdshow.net. Send us an email. And uh, you can do that by sending your emails to trdshow at protonmail.com. Don't forget, tune in for our Wednesday episode where we break down Chapter 5 in Gary DeMar's book, Restoring the Foundation of Civilization. You do not want to miss this. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And don't forget, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.